The psalmist writes, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The rich young man in our gospel today lacked one thing, faith in Jesus as his Savior, which made him a very poor, sorrowful man. May the power of the Holy Spirit work through the law and gospel before us today and lead us to place all our confidence in the saving grace which flows from the cross of Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, now, as far as the disciples were concerned, this man in our gospel text who came to Jesus was a, a slam-dunk Christian, an obvious a guy who, who had it all together. If there was ever a surefire candidate for someone who would be getting into heaven, it was this guy. He's young. He's vastly wealthy. The fact that he's concerned about his salvation tells us that he's wise the fact that he's come running to Jesus tells us that this is a zealous man who wants to follow the Lord. He's actually run to where Jesus is and knelt before him, an act of worship. The disciples at this point must be breathing a sigh of relief because it's been kind of a, a rough several weeks for them. First, there was the fiasco after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 where many of the disciples left. Because they thought Jesus' teaching was too difficult. And then Jesus made these discomforting predictions about how he was going to be crucified. But here, here's a nice change. A young, rich, intelligent guy has appeared who actually wants to be a disciple. But the conversation doesn't go the way the disciples think it's supposed to. Who would ever imagine this slam-dunk disciple would walk away sorrowful just a few minutes later. So what happens? Well, to start things off, the man asks Jesus a flawed question. He says, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? That question is flawed because it tells us this man assumes that he can work his way into heaven. He can do it by the things that he does. But with man, it's impossible. With any man, with all people, anywhere, there are no exceptions. No matter what race, no matter how smart, no matter what age, what gender, how rich or poor, man cannot and does not do it. Not even part way. It's not that man does his part and, and God does his part. What man brings to the table is literally nothing. Man can only bring sin and condemnation. No, we need God who does the impossible. That's, that's all found in that rich man's question. What he's asking Jesus is basically this. How much more of God's law do I have to keep in order to earn my way into heaven? in order to give me eternal life. He's saying, what do I have to do? Although the man is sincere, we see that he's far from faith. He doesn't want Jesus to save him from sin, but rather he wants Jesus to uh, approve of who he is and the good that he has done and continues to do. So since the man asks a question about keeping the commandments, Jesus gives him an answer about keeping the commandments. But this preaching of the law only gives 
this, uh, this smug man more, more fuel for the fire. He says, is that all there is? And so, and so he, says to, he says to Jesus, I've done all that. I've done all that from my youth. I've kept all these commandments. Again, this guy seems like a slam dunk disciple. But then the bomb drops. Jesus, who we're told loves this man, preaches one more bit of law to him. He says, one thing that you lack, go sell whatever you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. This time, the man sees how the law accuses him, and it crushes him, because Jesus has just pointed out his sin. And what sin is that exactly? Well, our Lord is not condemning wealth here. Jesus is not preaching a sermon against the evils of being rich. It's not even greed at this point, although greed is at play here. There's a far more dangerous sin at work. And the greater sin is this. This man thinks that he can save himself by how well he works at keeping God's commands. He believes that he can work his way into heaven by being good enough. When Jesus lists several commands, the man is delighted because he can list them all off and say, yep, I kept that one, I kept that one, I'm still on track. But then the Lord says, if you are so virtuous that you can keep all of God's commandments, then you won't be in love with your money. You'll be able to give it away. If you're going to save yourself by your work, prove it. As long as the man believes he can save himself, he does not trust in Jesus to save him. Thus, there is no forgiveness. The Lord shoots down his whole plan for salvation. But listen carefully again to our Lord's words. He preaches law, yes, in order to show the man that he cannot in any way save himself. And so he tells the man to sell all that he has. But Jesus does so in order that this man might be saved. Therefore, Jesus preaches the gospel, saying, come, follow me. In other words, Jesus says to the man, you can't save yourself, but I can. I will save you by going to the cross and dying for your sin. Don't trust in your own efforts, but in mine. I will share my cross with you so you don't have to suffer and die for your sin. You can't save yourself. Only I can save you. Thus, the Lord declares to the man the gospel, telling him that he will bear the cross for him. It's too much for the man in his preconceived notions. Because he arrived expecting the Lord's blessing for his keeping of the law, perhaps for his well-run life and wealth. Instead, he's told to throw it all away and to follow Jesus. It's not the way he wants salvation. It's not the way he wants the Savior to be. And so we're told that he, well, he walks away. This would-be disciple who has seemingly everything going in his way walks away. You see, 
The question is not, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? The question is, what has the Lord done to give me eternal life? And brothers and sisters in Christ, to such a question, there is good news. There is good news in abundance. What has the Lord done? Well, again, look to our good teacher in our text for this day. The good teacher taught. He taught and he practiced what he taught. All those commandments that Jesus listed for the rich young man, he kept perfectly. He kept all of God's law absolutely perfectly without any sin. Did he give all that he had to the poor? Yes, Jesus did. He gave all that he had, not just for the poor, but for all people, including you and me. He offered his back to those who scourged him, his scalp to those who placed the crown of thorns on him. He allowed his hands, feet, and side to be pierced for this sinful world and everyone in it. Did he give his all? Yes. And yes, in a depth that we cannot even begin to contemplate. Unlike the rich young man, he took up his cross. He took up the cross and he died for the sin of the entire world. You and I can't. And so he did. But he's not finished. The good teacher, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, gives and offers that cross to you. By his holy law, preach to you this day, he still warns and accuses of sin, not so that you and I would walk away sorrowful, but so that we might repent. That we might turn away from that which might destroy us. And then, by his holy gospel, he gives you his cross. He takes away your sin. He takes away your sin, so you don't need to suffer and die for your sin because Jesus, he already has. He gives you his righteousness, giving you the credit and the benefits of his perfect keeping of God's law. And he makes you his family. He marks you with his cross upon the forehead and upon your heart in baptism. That he might join you to his death and his resurrection. He gives you his body and blood in Holy Communion that he might join you to his life, his eternal life. You can't, but he can and he does. Faithfully, again and again and again, granting you forgiveness of all your sin. This is the good news that he has for us. That he has won salvation for us. And he gives it to us. Freely, absolutely free. And this message he calls us to proclaim as a church family, continually and faithfully. At times, people will hear and, and walk away. Even some that are attractive and with it as, as the rich young ruler. We watch such go with sorrow, praying that they will return to the grace of God. But we continue to preach that same life-saving gospel, the same wonderful truth that our Lord proclaimed and fulfilled for us. So you can be absolutely 100% sure of your salvation, 
Not because you've earned it in any way, but because Christ has won it for you. He's won it for you and gives it to you through his life, death, and resurrection. Amen.